listening to this in the weeks ahead. Uh, we're going to stay in the theme of sand and stars, and we're going to be bouncing back and forth talking about Abraham. But today, I want to, I, I want to, I want to do something just a little bit different. And just stay with me just for a moment, guys. Uh, for those that don't know, we have devos every morning. If you're not a, how many of you are watching our devos, our devotions, our devotions? I know hundreds of you do, and. Uh, it actually is, is becoming a staple of, of the ministry here. One of the responsibilities of us as pastors is we watch over your soul and that we're responsible to help equip and to, and, and, and to go Godward and to speak Godward into your life. You, you need preachers that are, that are on their knees and seeking God. You, you need staff that's on their knees and seeking God on your behalf. But one of the things that God has given us here at Celebration is that, is that we read a chapter every day in the New Testament. We believe the Word of God is life. It is our food. It is our spiritual food. I'm amazed at people. They would never think, they would never think twice going without a meal during a day. I mean, if they, move, if they miss one meal, they're cranky, right? But we'll go weeks on end without having one decent spiritual meal. You ought to get up every morning and have your spiritual meal. It's called a chapter a day. And the celebration, we do it here all together. And one of the things we've done with now our devotions that started in the COVID season is that we have about an eight to 10 uh, uh, minute devotional on that chapter. And, and some, some of the greatest uh, teachers and ministers are, 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 are just releasing truth. And I wanna encourage you, use that tool to help navigate your life spiritually. We put a lot of energy, a lot of effort, and I know hundreds of you are watching, but there's hundreds of you that aren't watching, and you're missing out on God's ordained pastoring that he has given you if you're a part of Celebration Church. So here at Celebration, we like to say it this way. We read a chapter every day, and we watch our devotional, and that's how we get our day start. And I promise you, if you'll do that, I'm telling you, your day will be better. Your week will be better. Your life will be better because you can't put the Word of God in you. You can't put worship in you. You can't read the Word of God every day of your life and your life not get better. Amen? So I said all that to say on Monday, we were reading in Luke chapter 5 for those that are tracking with our, our devotionals. And I started reading the story that's so familiar where Jesus shows up uh, to his disciples that are fishing and they've caught nothing. And I started reading that passage. I preached from that passage many times, but I just felt like the Lord captured my heart. There was things going on on the inside of me that, that I could just feel that, that God wanted me to take this, 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 this story once again and maybe just dive in. I'm probably not teaching today as much as I'm just going to exhort and to give some thoughts today because I believe there's some people in this room, I believe there's some people on the other side of that camera that need some God help today. I believe it all connects with sand and stars because whatever God is doing in your life, it is sand and stars. So let me read Luke chapter five, verses one through 10. And here's the story, it says, so it was as the multitude pressed about him to hear the word of God, that he stood by the lake of Gennesaret and saw two boats standing by the lake, but the fishermen had gone from them and were washing, washing their nets. And then he got into one of the boats, which was Simon's as Peter, and asked him to put out a little from the land. And he sat down and taught the multitudes from that boat. And when he stopped speaking, he said to Simon, launch out. <laughs> launch out. I have, I have, a, I have a, a truck that I just got. It's got a launch button. Ooh, I've never had a car that had a launch button. Ooh. You push that launch button, and you can get to your destination a lot quicker. From zero to 60, like, quickly. I believe this summer, God is getting ready to launch some people. You, you think it's going to take a long time. I'm here to tell you, God can get you there. Come on, you ain't got to put up with that discouragement anymore, that depression anymore. Come on, God is here to heal. God is, God is ready to launch you into his purpose and into his destiny. He says, Peter, launch out into the deep. Now, that's another problem there. We want to stay in the shallows, huh? 
we, we, we want God to touch us, but we want to stay in the shallows. God needs you in the deep. He needs you in the deep weeds of his love. Come on, he needs you to go deep with him. I'm trying to read it, but I'm preaching already. Launch out in the deep, let down your nets for the catch or for a catch. But Simon answered and said to him, Master, we've toiled all night and caught nothing. Nevertheless, at your word, I will let down the net. And when they had done this, they caught a multitude or a great number of fish, and their net was breaking. So they signaled to their partners in the other boat to come and help them. And they came and filled both boats so that they began to sink. When Simon Peter saw it, he fell down to Jesus' knees saying, Depart from me, for I am a sinful man. For he and all who were with him were astonished at the catch. For he and all who were with him were astonished at the catch. I'm here to just wake up, wake up somebody. Come on, this summer you're going to be astonished the way your life is getting ready to transform. They were astonished at the catch of fish which they had taken it. And Jesus said to Simon, do not be afraid. From now on, you shall or you will catch men. Father, thank you for your word. I pray for signs, miracles following. God, help me to declare your truth in this place today. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thank you, worship team. So here are these guys in the story here who will later become Jesus' disciples, and we see that they are fishing. Now, this is not a hobby for them like most of us. This is their job. This is, this is their livelihood. And the Bible says that they had fished all night and they had caught nothing. And this is what I want to talk about today. Um, I, I want to talk about what do you do in life when you have caught nothing? Well, what do you do in life when life comes up empty for you? What do you do when life is not going the way you thought or supposed it would? I must be the only person in this room that needs this message, but I'll preach it right to myself. In other words, how do you move past the failures of life, the pain, the hurt, the difficulty, and the disappointments? Here's Jesus. He's coming down to the seashore. I want you to get in the story with me. The Bible says there's a cr huge crowd of people. Actually, the Bible calls it a multitude of people. Jewish tradition tells us that, that, it, that a multitude of people would be somewhere around 10,000 people. I don't know if there was 10,000 people that day, but we, it's safe to say that there were thousands of people that were, that were coming down to the seashore with Jesus that day to hear him to hear him teach. Now, Jesus brings this, this whole multitude of people down to the fishing docks on a day where these guys caught nothing. Now, it's one thing when people come to the fishing docks when you've caught something. <laughs> oh, but it's a whole other day when you've caught nothing. We all like to show off our success, don't we? Huh? That's why we have social media now. To give our highlight reels. To show everybody how wonderful our life really is. Not. But when you have nothing, that can be embarrassing. That can be humiliating. It can be discouraging. I mean, nobody is posting about their failures. Hello? Well, when's the last time you posted, hey, me and my husband just, we just, we just got in a nasty fight. 
He's a jerk. I hate life. My kids are jerks. Nobody's posting about their failures, their devastation. Nobody got up and posted, hey, I went bankrupt, lost my business. Nothing's working. You're not posting about your disappointments. You're not posting about your heartbreaks. So these guys have worked hard all night. They gave it all they had, but their lives are empty. They have nothing to show for it. They have failed, they are discouraged, and they are frustrated. I'm talking to people today that you're saying, I just had no idea that this is the way my life was going to be. Am I talking to anybody here today? And it's in that moment of failure and disappointment and devastation and Hopefully you can connect with this, but it's in that moment where they have caught nothing that, that, that Jesus shows up in their life. He, hear this today. Jesus came on a day where they caught nothing. I've come to help somebody today. I've come to tell somebody today to get ready because Jesus is about to show up. He's about to show up in that situation. He's about to show up in that crisis. He's about to show up in that failure. He's about, oh, he's about to show up in that pain because that's what our Jesus, our Jesus does. Let me, let me give you, and I'm just pulling truths out of this story, exhortation to just help somebody here today that, that, that you're just at a place and you're thinking, man, uh, I'm not supposed, this isn't supposed to be my life. It seems like I've had challenge after challenge and and devastation after devastation. I'm I'm frustrated. I'm disappointed. I need help. Well, we have help for you today because Jesus is showing up right in that place of your pain and of your hurt. Let me give you just three quick observations if I have time for it. If not, we'll just pick up next week. Thank you. Somebody said, take your time. Can I get somebody online to say, take your time? Here's the first thing that I wanted you to notice. It's number one. I like these guys, and the reason why I like these guys is that even though they had caught nothing, here it is, observation number one is that they were washing their nets. They were washing their nets. The fact that they were washing their nets is really significant in this story. Because the truth is, you do not wash a net unless you plan on using it again. You didn't hear that. They're not throwing their nets away, they're not discarding their nets. They're not going home. They are washing their nets because their intention is to use those nets again. It's obvious that these guys are not going to quit. You didn't hear it. I I said it's obvious that these guys are not going to quit because that's the temptation. Right? That's the tendency. When life isn't working out the way we want it to work out and it seems like we have nothing and our life is empty, what do we want to do? We don't want to wash nets. We just want to throw in the towel. We want to quit. This is some help for us today. Even when you feel like your life has come up empty, I'm here to tell you, you must not quit. No quitters allowed so some of you here some of you here today as I look all over this this auditorium you get this point I, I could begin to point out names and just knowing some of your lives you you get this truth because it's not that you've always won and it's not that you've always succeeded and it's not that you've always gotten what you've asked for and it's not because life has always been easy for you and it's not because all the doctor's reports have been good 
No, no, it's, it's not that. It's because whenever something didn't work out right, you know what happened? You refused to quit. You kept believing. You kept trusting. It's because you refused to quit that your life is where it's at today. Listen to me. Your net might be empty, but you're going to need that net again to catch what God is about to do in your life. I want to say it one more time. You're going to need that net that's empty for the catch that God is going to bring in. You better watch your net. I'm here to tell you, God's getting ready. ready. If you won't quit, if you won't give up, God can fill that net. No quitters here. Some of us in this room, some of us on the other side of this camera, some, some, some of us or some of you quit way too easy. Give up too easy. You need to tell yourself, if I don't see another fish, I will never, ever, never, ever quit washing my nets. I refuse to quit. Come on, if you want your life to get better, if you want to move out of a nothing season into a blessed season, you're going to have to wash your nets. You're going to have to quit having a, 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 a pouting party and feel sorry for myself. You're going to have to start washing, cleaning, washing your net because you're going to need that net again. Are you hearing me today? I refuse to quit. That's got to be your attitude. You've got to say, I'm, I'm, I'm going back to church. I refuse to quit. I'm going back to prayer. I'm going back to reading my Bible. I refuse. I'm going to say it again just to, just to make the devil mad. You know how many people are quitting on church just as COVID? No, no quitters allowed here. I refuse. I'm going back to church. I'm going back to prayer. I'm going back to reading my Bible because that's what faithful believers do. I'm going to wash my nets because God still has a purpose for my nets. I know things haven't worked out like you thought they would, but you got to keep on giving. You got to keep on washing those nets. You got to keep on worshiping. Come on, you got to keep on washing those nets. You got to keep on praising. Just come to tell somebody you need to get back to washing your nets. God is not through with your net. I said, God is not through with your net. And if you quit, he won't have a net to fill. If you quit, he won't have a life to build. If you quit, he won't have, a, he won't have, he won't have you on the earth to do what he wants to do in your life. Can I remind you that believers are not quitters? In Hebrews chapter 10, verse 39, it says, We are not of those who give up, but we are of the company, I love this, who live by faith and so are saved. Somebody says, I'll never give up. I'll never quit. Shout it out. Say, I'll never give up. I'm going to keep on worshiping. I'm going to keep on praising. I'm not going to let COVID drive me out of the church. I'll get back into church. I'll get back to prayer. I'll get back. Oh. <laughs> Philippians 3.13, Paul said it this way, one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind. Come on, I know it was tough. I know it was difficult. We've all experienced painful things. You're not the only one. But you're not going to make it by looking back. You're going to have to look forward. You're going to have to wash your nets. You're going to have to refuse to quit. And Paul says, one thing I do, reaching forward to those things which are ahead. Can I tell you, can I remind you that there's something great in your future? Good place for an amen. Galatians 6, 9 says, and let us not get tired of doing what is right, for after a while we'll reap a harvest of blessing if we don't get discouraged and what? Give up. There is promises of God that if you'll wash your nets, God will 
fill. They might be empty today, but I'm here to tell you, sand and stars is coming your way. God is getting rid. Don't throw your net away. God is going to fill your net. He's going to fill your life. He's going to bless your life. Somebody needs to get back to washing their nets. It's not quitting time. It's not quitting time. I, I just, I, I, I felt cautioned by God in the whole preparation. Just take your time. The words that you speak, it needs to go deep into the hearts of people. It's not quitting time. I'm talking to a father today. You, you, need to, you, need to, you need to wash your nets. I'm talking to a mother today. You need to wash your nets. A son or a daughter, come on, you need to wash your nets. A grandpa or a grandma, come on, it's not over. You need to wash your nets. To that business owner, wash your nets. To that CEO, wash your nets. Get ready, get ready, get ready, get, 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 get ready. Almost felt like a T.D. Jakes coming on me right there. You better get ready. Why? Because God is getting ready to fill your neck. Can somebody give God a praise break? <laughs> Worship him, thank him. All right, you didn't like that one, so let's go to observation number two. Now, I know this is simple. I know you've heard it before, but this is huge. Here's my second observation. Let Jesus get in your boat. Let Jesus get in your boat. We see this in the story. The Bible says that Jesus got into Peter's boat. If we're going to be able to overcome the failures, the disappointments, the pain, and the losses of life, then here at Jesus is going to have to get in your, your boat, your, your life, your, 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 your boat. Because without Jesus in your boat, without Jesus in your life, your boat, your life is completely empty. So, so I like the story. And... And I think we know all of that, and that, that preaches well, and yeah, 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 good, 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 but, but no, no, I'm, no, get Jesus in your, no, hear me today, hear me, some of you, you think he's there, but he's not there. Come on, you, you need to take a pause, and you say, Jesus, I need you in my boat. God, my boat is, is, a, is, a, is empty, Lord. God, I've experienced a hard, difficult season. God, I need, you, you need to, you need to give an invitation once again, Jesus, get in my boat. Jesus gets in Peter's boat, which tells us that God's not afraid. You know in the story, he gets in Peter's boat. It tells us that God's not afraid. God's not afraid to get in a boat that caught no fish. God's not afraid to get in a boat that has failed. God, God's not afraid to get in your, your mess. Are, are you here? So, so once Jesus gets in, huh. see, I don't, think we, I don't think we get that. We, we think we've got to be perfect for God to receive. He, he wants your mess. He's not intimidated by your crisis. He's not intimidated by the dilemma. He's not intimidated by the emptiness of your life, of your boat. Let Je Jesus wants to get in that failure. Jesus wants to get in that boat in your life. You need to bring Jesus into your boat. See, I get it. I got it. Say, I got it, Pastor. Three people. Thank you. Once Jesus gets in Peter's boat, Jesus then uses Peter bo Peter's boat to teach the multitude of people. Now, I've never taught this this way before, but, but I think this is the great disconnect because we think Jesus is going to get in the boat and he's going to fix us. But, but Jesus gets in Peter's boat to fix others first. So, so this invitation might be a little different for you. It's not just about getting Jesus into your life for yourself, but it's getting Jesus in your boat for, 
for, for other people. So Jesus gets in the boat, and he begins to teach the thousands of people that are there. Jesus uses Peter's boat to get heaven's message to the people. And this is absolutely important. Before the Lord blesses Peter's boat, he wants to make sure that Peter's boat is all about the kingdom. Woo! Somebody needs to hear that. Before I take care of you, Peter, i got to make sure that you're all about the kingdom. i got to make sure you're not just treating me like a gumball machine. Get your little blessing and run away. i got to make sure that this boat is about the kingdom of God, Peter. Huh. God's not looking to bless people who don't want to advance the kingdom. I said, God's not looking to bless people who have no interest in advancing the kingdom. If it's all about you and your toys, and it's not about Jesus and his kingdom, then don't be expecting for God to fill your boat. The reason why he wants to get in your boat is he wants to use your boat to get the message to the masses of people, a lost and dying generation. <laughs> Hear this principle today. Allowing Jesus in your boat means that you are willing to give whatever. Um. See, you thought getting Jesus in your boat was just about you, but that's not why Jesus got in the boat. It wasn't just about Peter, and this is the disconnect. And you're wondering why God's not doing more in your life. It's not just about you. It's not just about me. God wants to use your boat to touch more than just you. Did you get that? So don't miss this point. I feel God just slowing me down. Don't miss this point. Allowing Jesus into your boat means that you are willing to give Jesus whatever he needs in your life to help get the kingdom message out. At least somebody's telling, telling me the truth. At least somebody's going to help me move forward in the things of God. Are you with me today? Why would God give you more if you have no intentions on getting his message out? The blessings of God, listen, the blessings that God gives you is not just for you. The Bible's very clear. It's for others. We see this in the story of Abraham. When God shows up to Abraham and makes a covenant of blessings to Abraham, here's how God declared or defined that blessing. He says, Abraham, I will bless you so you can put more cars in the garage. I'll bless you so you can have more houses. No, God wants you to have all that stuff, but that's not the end result. God says, Abraham, I will bless you so that you will be a blessing. You need to understand that God will get it to you if God can get it through you. If you'll give God your boat, God will not only bless you, but God will use you to be a blessing to all families of the earth. It's God's heart. That his blessing doesn't just stop with you. God wants to touch the people on the shores of your, your life. If you want increase in your life, give God your boat. Let him know whatever he wants to do with your boat, that it's okay <laughs> with you. <laughs> it's, the, it's the disconnect. You might be saying, well, why is my life more blessed? Why is my family more blessed? Are you just wanting Jesus in the boat for you? Or is it about others too? Come on. God wants to bless you so you can be a blessing to others. If you want your life to be blessed, if you want your family to be blessed, if you want your job and your business to be blessed, hear me. This point is so clear throughout scriptures. Then connect it to advancing the kingdom of God. How many of you have time for point number three? Worship team, you, you, can come, you can come back and here's my third observation. Not only let Jesus in your boat, but here it is, number three. Let Jesus direct your boat. 
let, let Jesus direct your boat. Now, now, once Jesus is done preaching to the multitudes, Jesus then turns to Peter and preaches a sermon. It goes like this. Jesus tells Peter, launch out into the deep. Peter, launch out into... So, 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 so he teaches his first message, and then he starts giving instructions, the second sermon, to Peter... It's a short sermon. So it's one of those sermons that most of you like. It, it's in and out really quick. Peter, launch out into the deep. The, 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 the instructions are launch out into the deep. I, I was reading that the other day, and I could just hear Peter in my mind saying, Really, Lord? Like, like really? Really? For real, Jesus? Jesus, you're a carpenter. Hmm. I've been doing this all my life. Jesus, I, I'm, this is my business. I'm a commercial fisherman. Jesus, you, you, you build furniture. I catch fish. Je Jesus, I got my business cards. I got my, I got my website. Jesus, Jesus I, I, I know what I'm doing, and you're trying to tell me how to fish. You're trying to direct my boat. Je Jesus, I've got this all under control. Jesus, you, you must not read the manual because nobody launches out in the deep, especially in the daytime. See, see, see there... It, it, typically, you don't fish in the day. You fish at nighttime. They would always fish at night. And so when Jesus says you're going to go out in the deep and you're going to do it in the daytime, that's breaking all the rules. Je Jesus, maybe you need to go back to carpentry because it's obvious you don't know how to fish. Hmm. For real, Jesus, you don't want to miss this. You're trying to tell me how to catch fish? For, for real, Jesus? You're trying to tell me what to do with my life? For real, Jesus? Ooh, getting quiet in this church today. Hear this today. That's not the Jesus most people like. I'm going to be honest with you. Been pastoring a long time now. We like the Jesus that saves us. <laughs> We, we like the Jesus that forgives us. But, but we don't like that Jesus that gets up all in our business. We, we don't want Jesus telling us what to do. No, no, I, I, need, I need saving. I, I need forgiving. Je Jesus, save me, but don't talk to me about my finances. Talk to me about my tithe. Some of you are struggling in our, our worship time of giving. I, 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 I don't want to go to hell. Forgive me, Lord. But don't, don't talk to me about my lifestyle. We, we don't like that kind of Jesus. Don't talk to me about my nasty attitude. I like my attitude. Try to instruct me that I need to start loving people and caring about people and treating people right. No, Jesus, I, I just want you to save me. I just, I want to just make sure I'm not going to hell. I just need forgiveness. But Jesus, don't talk to me about my relationships. Because I'm not giving that one up, Lord. She's fine, Lord. I, I'm keeping this one. <laughs> or I'm getting rid of that one, Lord. I've had him long enough. He's got that dad bod. I'm going for the new bod now, Lord. Got a big amen on that one. Lady in the back going, yes, Lord. That's my word. That's my word. That's my word. I have a question. Just how much failure is it going to take in your life before you tell Jesus, I need you in my boat, and I need you directing my life? Is what's so crazy. Peter's about to come into the greatest blessing of his life up to this point. 
in his life. And Jesus gives him instructions and sends him right back in the same place that he failed the night before. Some of you are getting ready to have victory in the place of your greatest pain. Somebody ought to, somebody ought to embrace that rebel. I'm here to tell you, some of you are getting ready to experience the greatest blessing in your life, in the greatest place of your greatest failure and your greatest disappointment. Jesus sends him right back into the place that whooped him the night before, that disgraced him the night before, that mocked him the night before. And God says, I'm going to put you right back in that place, the place that you thought was a failure, and I'll cause success to come out of it. Woo! God says, I can take all that ugly stuff, I can take all that stuff and work it out to the good of them that love me and that are called by my name. Come on, God's not done with you yet. God's not finished with you yet. Listen, God knows what he's doing. Can, can I help you? God is smarter than you. And it's just like God to get in your failed boat and to get in your failed life and send you right back to the place of pain and torment and bitterness and devastation to show you he'll make it all work out for your good. Your night's not over. Come on, your day's not over. Your life's not over. Peter has a choice to make. He says, okay, I, I went there last night. I didn't catch anything, but in fact, he says it like this. Let me just read it. I like this one service thing. I just keep going. Unless you're done. I got a conclusion here. You might want to see. It's, what's, what's horrible about being in the room, I can see when you leave. Like that one there and that one there. Online, I, I have people watching when they click off and they write down your name. <laughs> Peter has a decision to make. Shall, 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 shall I go out there in the deep? Shall I go back into the place of my pain? Shall I allow God to get in the, the mess of my life and to bring victory in my life? Can, will he really bring sand and stars into my life? Yes. He's going to do it this summer. It don't take God very long to get it accomplished in your life. Come on, you ain't got to mourn over that tragedy anymore. You ain't got to be depressed over that situation anymore. I'm here to tell you, your future is bright. Your ladder shall be great. Oh, my. He goes and he says, Master, he's making the decision. He said, Master, we toiled all night nothing. Nevertheless, at your word, I will let down the net. When I read that verse, I see the tension going. It's the same tension in our life. Jesus has given us instructions, but, 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 but we're saying, but Lord, oh God, it's been hard. I've toiled all night. We want to talk about the problem. When, when, I, when I see that Peter says, I've toiled all night, it reminds me of the churches I used to grow up in. We used to have what you call testimony services. We're supposed to talk, testify about God's goodness. But people would get up and testify about the devil's badness. Well, you know, that devil, he's been chasing me hard this week. He's after me. He's, a, he's after me. He's a, he's a bad, mean devil. Anybody grow up in a church like that? Three people. It's always the same three people. Peter's talking about his problem. Peter's talking about his situation. He's talking about his circumstances. Listen, you can't spend your life talking to problem. You can't spend your life talking defeat. You can't spend your life talking defeat. You can't spend your life talking trash and get God's blessings. Once Peter stopped talking the problem and he began to say, nevertheless, Lord, at your word, I will obey. Everything began to shift. Everything began to change. 
don't miss this, the most important part of this whole story. We haven't even addressed it yet, but let me hit it real clear here. What changed everything is that when Peter called Jesus Master, the Master, the Master, he could have called him Jesus, he could have called him Lord, he could have called him the Christ. Do, do you know master in the Greek language means here? It means the, the, the creator, it means the commander, it denotes the one who is in charge. It, 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 hear this, this is so important. It, it literally means the one who commands creation. So, so Peter says, master, you're the one that's in charge. Master, you are the one that created. And Master, you are the one that commands. So Peter is saying, you're the one that created the fish. You're the one that created this lake. Lord, and whatever you commanded to do, I know, Lord, it has to obey you. Do you understand that when Peter launched out into the deep, it was absolutely impossible for him to come back with nothing? I just fixed your life right there. I said, oh, it was absolutely impossible for him to come back with nothing. Because when Peter identified Jesus as master, he was saying, you are the one that's in charge of my life. And you can speak to the stuff that you have promised me and commanded to swim in my direction. Hear me today, as long as you see Jesus as your friend, as long as you see Jesus as your bro, as long as you see Jesus as your homeboy, as long as you see Jesus, your get out of free card, your boat is always going to be empty. But if you ever see him as your master, the one that's in charge, the one that can command those fish to start swimming towards your net. There's some stuff. There's some stuff here today. When you call him master, there's some stuff that's going to start swimming towards your life. Come on, he commands that healing. He commands that deliverance. He commands that restoration. Come on, that son's going to come back to Jesus. That daughter's going to come. He commands that stuff. And the moment you... The moment you let him be master in your life is the moment stuff starts swimming back into your life. God is getting ready to fill your boat with stuff that you could have never caught with your smarts, with your effort, with your ability, and with your strategies. So Peter now has what he didn't have a night, the night before. He has a word from God. Peter... Go back to the place you fell. Peter, go back to the boat you failed in. Peter, go back and grab that same empty net. Peter, launch out into the deep and let down your net in the same place. You know what Peter does? Peter lets down the net. The Bible says those fish are swimming to his net. Jesus is commanding the fish where there was no fish before. Jesus is, oh, Jesus is command. He's the, he's the master. He's he, 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 mm, mm, mm. Come on, you need your son saved. You need your daughter saved. You need your marriage restored. Come on, you need your finance. He's the master. And all of a sudden, the net became so full that the net begins to break. In other words, Peter's net isn't really working because his net is breaking. So he needs to get some help. So he calls for his relationships on the shore. Hello, somebody. And they bring out their boat, and the Bible says that they caught so many fish, it actually filled up two boats. Let, let me give you some perspective. They, they estimate that this was a ton of fish, about 2,000 pounds that it would have taken to sink the kind of boats that they were fishing at. So in one moment, whoo, they catch some 2,000 pounds, oh Jesus, worth of fish in a moment. They, they say that would typically take them two weeks of hard, difficult work, night after night after night after night to catch that many fish. But in one moment, when the master is commanding, 
Come on, don't hang up on me now. We're getting ready to close this thing out. Come on, the master is in control and the master is commanding. Some of you, some of you, your net has not been working because you've not been networking. Two ahs and two oh me's and one amen. I worked really hard on that point to get that kind of response. Some of you, your net. <laughs> Only preachers can appreciate this kind of stuff. Stayed up all night for that point, and I just I got that kind of response. Some of you, your net is not working because you've not been networking. It's, it's the same point. You've made life about yourself. But God says life is not about yourself. There's some people on the shores of your life. And I need you to connect with some people. I need you to connect. It's, the bliss is not just about you. I'm, I'm amazed and I'm baffled as a pastor because I'm commanded to inform you don't neglect church gatherings. And every time I do, people flip me off, cuss me out, and quit the church. But yet I'm still commanded to tell you, as the day of the Lord approaches, the soon return of the day, the soon return of the Lord Jesus Christ, don't neglect church gatherings. In fact, God says, in fact, you need to add church gatherings, even all the more. See, see how quiet it got? That's beautiful. I love that beautiful quiet. I'm, I'm kicking over demons and devils and sacred cows this morning. But you don't get the point of why Jesus wants you together. You thought it was about you, but it's about people on the shore. Did you know when Jesus says, don't neglect the forsaking of the church, he's not thinking about you. He says, so that when you get there, you can encourage somebody else to live this godly life. I wonder how many people are not being empowered and encouraged because we're all about our boat and we could care less about the people on our shore. So our net is breaking and we keep losing everything that God's trying to do. Your net's breaking because you need to be networking. It's relationships. Come on, somebody. So this is, uh, I'm done. <laughs> I'm done. Not really. I'm, I'm done. Not really. I'm done. God does all this to establish this one point. He does all this to establish this one point. Peter, I'm working on my clothes. P Peter comes to the shore. He falls to his knees. He says, oh, Lord, I'm a sinful. Did, did you notice it took the goodness of God to expose the need for a Jesus? You're not going to help people by judging them. <laughs> it's the goodness of God that leads people to repentance. And when you truly see the goodness of God in your life, you know what's going to happen? Oh, I didn't realize how messed up my life is. And you'll come running to Jesus. Jesus, I need your help. I need to do life with you in my boat. And here's the point of the whole story. I thought that was the point. That's not the point. Jesus says, I've done all this, Peter. Because from now on, you're going to catch men. You're going to catch humanity. This is why this story is in the Bible. To help us understand that whatever God has assigned us to do in life, God wants to use, God wants us to use it to advance and to expand his kingdom, whatever you're good at, whatever you're called to do, uh, whatever you're assigned to do, that, that job, that business that you have, God wants to use that, that place of influence to, 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 to go fishing, to, to catch fish, 
to make a difference in the world. It's, it's not just about my new house and my new car and, my, and then stuff. God wants you to have all the stuff, but he wants you to take your platform and your influence into your world and go fishing. There's people on the shores of your life that needs to hear about the good God that we serve. <laughs> go fishing. Go fishing. Come on, I'm gonna I'm gonna use I'm gonna use this close so I get your attention. We're gonna go fishing. Right, we're gonna go fishing. And this is the way we like to fish, right? We, we like to fish with the pole. Yeah, see, we like to fish with the pole. And the reason why we like to fish with the pole is because we can determine the kind of fish we catch. You see, the kind of bait that you use, am I talking to anybody, determines the kind of fish that you're going to catch. So, so we like to go fishing with a pole, especially the church, right? We, we, we like to go fishing with the pole. We, we got the right bait, and we're going to catch me some fish. going to catch me a, a white, gray-haired White fish. That's what I'm going to I'm going to catch me a white, white fish. Catch me a white fish. I'm going to get me a white, 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 white fish. Catch me a white, white fish. Because I determine when I have a pole what kind of fish I'm going to catch. All I want is white fish. Hmm. And then we got some churches, they don't want white fish. They just want, they just want black fish. Kind of quiet in this church. Huh? We're so conditioned by society. Oh, be politically correct. Uh, just let me finish here. I'm gonna go fish, go get catch me a black family. Got, got, got to have me a black family in my church. Gonna catch me a black family. I'm gonna, I'm gonna determine what kind of fish that I catch. Gonna catch me some black fish. Then we got other churches. They 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 don't want no black fish. They, they want some brown fish. Mr. Mr. Latino. And, and Mrs. Latina, get me some brown. Some brown. We, we like to determine the kind of fish. But can I shout it out loud and clear? Jesus never fishes with a pole. Come on, somebody. When Jesus goes fishing, come on, he fishes. That's been our problem in the church. We've been trying to fish to get the right kind of people that we want. But God says when you go fishing, you're not going to just get brown fish and black fish and white fish. They're red and yellow, black and white. They're rich and they're poor. Come on, they're old and they're young. They're Republicans and they're Democrats. Oh, I don't know if I want those kind of fish. That's the church that God is building. God so loved the world. Man, I wish I had a net for every person in this, in this place because I'm here to tell you it's time to go fishing. Thanks for listening. If this impacted you and you'd like to partner with us, go to celebrationchurch.cc give to help us reach people with the message of Jesus. 